Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to season three of the Agile World, where we discuss customer and employee experience, organizational and workforce transformation, and how business can adapt and continually improve in an Agile age. The Agile World podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed in this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World podcast. Today, we're going to talk about handling setbacks and how bouncing back from unexpected challenges can make you stronger, more resilient, and more successful. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Mike Sirocco, Chief Executive Officer at People Building and author of Rocket Fuel, Convert Setbacks to Become Unstoppable. Mike, welcome to the show. What's up, Greg? Hey, man, I want to first thank you. Um, gratitude's a big part of my life, and I always start every interview with gratitude. Thank you for having me and also for your audience uh, for showing up because that's a, that's means the world to me. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank and thank you for um, for doing this. I'm, I'm looking forward to to talking here. So let's yeah, let's get started about the the coaching, consulting and, and improvement industry a little bit. Um, so with with so many processes, books, coaches and other tools out there um, helping people learn to become more successful. Why are so many people still feeling stuck in their professional lives? Well, really, it comes down to not being clear on what they want. Um, that's the first thing. I always look at clarity and vision and being clear on what you want. 95% of the people, if you ask them, they don't have any idea what their ideal life would look like if they could have anything that they wanted. Yeah. And that's where it starts. And then from there, it's a commitment or a decision to go after it. And when I talk about commitment, uh, I'm talking about burning the ships committed, like you're, you're going to go after it and nothing's stopping you. And finally, uh, consistency. Uh, they're not willing to put in the consistent time because they haven't gotten the clear vision and they haven't committed. And consistency has to be in place where it's like way more uh, important and prioritized over your emotions. So when your emotions pop up, you still need to be consistent to do it anyway. When things get tough, tough, do it anyway. And that's how you get 100% participation from yourself, doing it when it's tough, doing it when you don't feel like it because you know you're going to do it in those other times. So really, I call it my three C's. It goes down to clarity, uh, commitment, and consistency. So as far as that, that the, the goal setting piece, I mean, what, why do you think people have such a hard time with that? Is it, you know, what, what are they often missing? Because I know people want things, right? And, you know, they, they think, or at least they think they've, they've kind of set goals for the, but what are, what are they kind of overlooking when they're, when they're, when they're thinking about goals? You know, I can only speak for myself and my experiences, of course. So, you know, I think that one, the people don't want to put it, put in the work to do it because the thing that they're going for is not big enough. It's not exciting enough. It's not life changing enough because if it was, they would do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're setting their sights on something so low and uh, unsatisfactory that it's just, that's why you just don't go through with it. Now, the other thing is, um, you know, really people don't understand the power of the mind and a thought and how a thought becomes a real thing. And if they did really understand this, that anything you think can become a reality, um, they would be more powerful and they would be more apt to do the things it takes to do big things and successful things. Now, 
one thing I can tell you is like if you're riding down the street, I just thought about this the other day. I was riding down the street and I see all these different buildings and different architecture. And I started to think to myself, like, these were originated in someone's mind. It was the thought. Right, right. And as you're riding down the road, it's funny to kind of play this game a little bit now is because you're looking at people's inside their mind. And you're seeing that some people have a weird, <laughs> weird ideas and some people have cool ideas and some people have really lazy ideas. Um, but everybody has a different idea and that's how these things came into play. So anything besides plants and nature was all started as a thought. And if people realize the power of that and really wrap their brains around that, they would go for what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you've kind of touched on this with the, the three C's there, but how can somebody have greater chance of success when they're, when they're approaching um, methods of improvement, like coaching, taking courses, things like that? Well, the thing for me, how I did it was I looked at, you know, I got really clear on what I wanted and I started looking for people that exemplified that. And then I started to find out if those people had some content that I can get my hands on, not even paying for it at first, maybe just a book or a YouTube video or, you know, something that was free and just started immersing myself in the content and then going deeper and deeper with the ones that matched up to my ideal life. And so, um, yeah. you know, that's how I did it. I, you know, and, and it works, obviously I've, I've had a quantum leap since I started my mission on what I'm doing now. And it all came from being open to that and understanding how powerful your thoughts are, how powerful your thoughts are if you act upon them and then get around the right people. And, and why don't you talk a little bit about your, your story and how you, um, you know, how you've able to, been able to turn that, that into success. Yeah. You know, I came from a broken home. I don't remember my parents together. I was grew up with around a lot of broken people, alcohol, drug addicts, depression, anxiety, people on medication for those things, um, fighting conflict. It's just, you know, suicide. You know, I, I, that's what I grew up around. And, you know, my mom was a very loving mom. And when I lived with her till I was about eight years old, everything was fine, except that she uh, was moving on to her third marriage. And I didn't want to move into my, you know, my, with my mom to a third marriage and learn another man's rules into another man's house. So I tried my dad's house when I was eight. And my dad was on to a second marriage. And I just thought, you know what, let me try this out. And when I got there, everything was fine for, for the beginning. But over the next two to three years, I suffered from a lot of abuse. Um, a lot of conflict was going on with my parents, my step-parents not getting along. They weren't acting like adults. Yeah. <laughs> and when that happens, a lot of the kids are affected by that. Uh, you know, and I saw and heard some things that, you know, f quite frankly, scared me as a kid. And, you know, I used to sleep with my baseball bat when I was nine years old because of the things I saw and heard and the threats that would come my way and a lot of the stuff that, you know, my stepmom had issues with my mom would be taken out on me. Uh, and, you know, so I went through that and I thought it was normal for a period of time, Greg. I didn't really know anything different until I started going over to friends' houses and seeing their families and how they responded and reacted to each other and communicated and was loving and happy. And then I realized something wasn't right. So I told my mom about the situation of what was going on and she was shocked. And she's like, you know what? You don't ever deserve to live in that situation. You should never do that. I'm going to file court papers to get you out of there. However, you need to stick to your guns because if I do this, you can't leave me hanging out to dry because they're going to try to talk you out of it. You know, they'll, they'll try to manipulate you. They'll try to, you know, and this will happen in life. You know, she told me, Mikey, this will happen in life. When you believe in something, people will try to talk you out of it to bring you back into their 
you know, into their comfort zone, so to speak. Uh, or if you're advancing, they'll try to pull you back, you know, to match their agendas. So she set me up for that to be prepared. And when my dad finally got the court paper served to him a few weeks later or months later, I don't remember how long it was, but um, I came home after waiting for this to happen for days. And I realized that there was tension in this house at this point. I was like, wow, something's up. My dad had these papers in his hand and uh, I was didn't know what to say, you know, I'm waiting for the bomb to drop. And he told me to go to my room and I sat in my room waiting for my hero, my dad. Now, my dad had a masonry company. He was very successful, brick, block, concrete, big forearms, rough hands. If you shook his hand, you could tell he was a hard worker. And, you know, they, the, the Italian guys, they don't carry wallets most of them. They carry wads of $100 bills yeah. and with a rubber band around. And that was my dad. You know, he used to flash $100 bills to us all the time, and we used to look at it and think it was the coolest thing. And So he came and confronted me about the paperwork that said I wanted to leave his house. My mom wanted custody, and I confirmed it. And he says, I don't understand. Like, you have everything you need here. You know, you go to your mom's, they're broke. They don't have any money. They She's, she's married on her third marriage. She's got men coming in and out of the house. Like, why do you want to be around that? And I didn't get in discussion with him. I just remembered my mom saying, stick to your gun. So I did. And in that time, he said, well, I'll tell you what. And he takes that wad of $100 bills out, peeled one off, crumpled it up, and threw it at me and said, here, you're going to need this then when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And I'm here, I'm 10, 10 years old, give or take, listening to my, my hero basically throwing the towel on me. And so the first thing I thought to myself was, wow, man, what did I do? What did I start? But very quickly after that, I started to realize that he was not going to create my future or cause my future. I was going to create it. I was going to cause it, and I would show him. So my whole life from that spark, for 30-some years, I've been driving subconsciously up this moment of like, I cannot let him win. Anything gets tough, I'm going to keep pushing through. If it gets great and I'm doing good, I want to go take it to the next level because I cannot falter. And that helped me. you know. And uh, about three years ago, I started doing a little bit of self-awareness and self-analysis because I was going through a little tough time in my business. Um, some things were happening and I was trying to figure out, okay, I'm going through another adversity here. Why in the past have I gone through adversities and been able to elevate no matter what? Like, what is that? There's something there. There's some kind of formula I need to figure out. I need to bottle it. I need to share it. I mean, it's going to be valuable when I find it. And what I found was is that everything that came my way, Greg, that was to slow me down or to stop me, at least I thought at the moment, I was taking that stuff and storing it in my fuel tank instead of my trunk where it would weigh me down, where most people keep it. I was to putting it in that tank, converting it into rocket fuel and becoming unstoppable at anything I wanted to do. You know, in life, I'm not saying this to brag, but if I put my mind on something, I get it. And it's because of that tenacity that, that I have a word I use, inex inexorable. Inexorable means unyielding, unable to be stopped. I had that nature about me. And so that's, that came from that moment and, uh, you know, just never let, never let anything like come my way that would stop me. I just convert it. Yeah. And so that goes for people talking trash. That goes for people being discouraging or joking with you when you have a dream and, and you're onto something and they're asking you why you're working so hard or why are you never around anymore? And all that stuff ties into it. But that gives you a little bit of background of where I got this rocket fuel law. And, um, I wrote the book about it, Rocket Fuel, and Grant Cardone, if you know Grant, he wrote the forward for the book to talk about what Rocket Fuel has done for him and his business and his life. And so that gives you a little backstory about me. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And, you know, you I, I know you talk about 
um, the approach to, to setbacks. And, and I think it was great to hear your, your story and how you approached your own setbacks. How do you, um, because everybody has their own experience and, and different, different things, maybe holding them back and stuff. How do you, um, how would you coach people to look at setbacks and, and, and move forward in their own lives to, regardless of the, regardless of the, of the circumstances? Well, first of all, it's a proactive approach. Um, this is something that you need to understand going into life because if you're in the midst of an adversity right now, the closer in proximity you are to something like that, the more chaos and confusion that's around, the less light at the end of the tunnel that you see. And it's important to understand that, that at that moment, all you need to understand that there is help available and there's hope because once you get that to that point, then you can understand the rocket fuel law, which is that anything that comes your way is for you, not against you. You can use it as fuel. And if you just have that mindset that there's nothing that's going to stop you, you will pursue until you win and you will not fail. And uh, that's, that's basically the way to do it. I mean, to get people to understand that law. Now, again, I got to make sure that people aren't in the midst of an adversity while that's happening. Um, Because, you know, look, when you're in that moment, man, it's like everything's coming to an end. (laughs) And a lot of times what I'll do for those people is say, look, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, I came into this world butt naked, didn't know how to talk, didn't have any relationships, didn't have any experiences or knowledge, and I made it. So now if I had to go back to being butt naked, (laughs) I I can do all those things now. So what's the worst thing that can happen? Now, the other thing I found out too, Greg, is that people are so concerned with what people think. Now think about this for a second. If you had to file bankruptcy because you tried your hardest, you did everything you could, but the chips just didn't fall in your your, uh, favor. And you had to declare bankruptcy. If nobody found out about it, would you really care? Would it be really that big a deal? Right, right. Yeah, not really. Because bankruptcy wipes out all your debts. (laughs) It's like somebody comes in and pays everything off. Now, your credit suffers. But besides that, now, I'm not telling and encourage anybody to do this. But I'm just saying, like, if we're not worried about what people think, then you can go, like, that's one mistake I made is I didn't go harder. I didn't risk more when I was younger because I was worried about those things. And now I've come into the place where I don't really care what people think. I only care about how they experience me. And that's what matters to me now. And because people are going to think things no matter what, no matter what you do, no matter how much you worry or, you know, agonize over it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of what people are thinking has more to do with them than it does with you. Right. So, you know, getting caught up in, in what everyone else is thinking about you, it's it's a it's a losing proposition on so many levels because first of all, it, that's that's their stuff, not not yours. Most of the, I mean, some you know, there's I'm sure there's plenty of people that are well intentioned and, and have good advice, but outside of that, yeah, it's a lot of people thinking about things in terms of of their own experience, right? Right, and we say that, and people hear us say that. And, but yet we still worry about what people think right. and think about what people think. Right. Right. You know, because remember there, there, you, if you didn't know, worry about that and it wouldn't be a big deal to, you know, declare bankruptcy if nobody knew about it, wouldn't you go hard and just go all out for whatever you wanted? Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah. it's just like being a casino and you take your money in there and if you lose everything, they will give you it back when you're done. Right. <laughs> so, you know, when you're doing that, if you ever play these games online or, Uh, on your phone sometimes, the blackjack or whatever, and it's all play money. Well, really, money is play. It really is. (laughs) Money is an energy. It's all a game. 
It's not, it's not as serious as we take it. Let's kind of flip this the other way as well. So, you know, let's say you are a hiring manager at some company and, you know, you come across somebody who doesn't necessarily have the experience, but they have the desire. Um, they have the goals, they have the, the desire, they have the, you know, just the, the, the tenacity to, to pursue what they, what they want. How do, how does a leader or, you know, someone hiring or someone partnering or whatever the case may be, how do they know how to identify someone that like, what you're identifying versus someone that's just the, their, their goals are unclear and, and they may just kind of waffle and, and not really accomplish what they want. Well, in an interview process, asking those questions is so important. Um, you know, where do you see yourself in five years is uh, you heard that before, sure. but I like to talk to people about in a perfect world, if you found a genie and they gave you the genie came out of this lamp and it gave you five wishes, six wishes, whatever. Like in a perfect world, ideal world, like what would you want to be doing? What would you want? Yeah, yeah. And the answer to that question will tell you a lot. And some people say, you know, I never thought of that. Other people will have the answer right away and then other people will BS it. And you can pick it up on it. But then from there, like I want to make sure that when I hear this and when I'm interviewing people that they align with my core values. You see, we have core values in our company. Um, it's an acronym, VITAL. V-I-T-A-L, vital. And we live and operate under those core values. We talk to our people in conversations based on the core values. If we're having issues in our company, we refer back to the core values. We hire and we fire based on the core values. So uh, we look at that and talk to the people about their goals and seeing where the vision and the goals of the company are and the core values and make sure they align. Yeah. And then, you know, experience doesn't matter as much in that situation. One one last question. Um, I was you, you've written a book. Um, I, as a fellow author, I always like to ask about the writing process and, and things like that. So how um, how do you approach writing your book, Rocket Fuel, and, and what did you learn during the book writing process? Well, how I approached it was first of all, I did the podcast and I told my story over and over and over again on mine and other people's podcasts, and I just got used to talking and sharing stories. And then we transcribed that, and then that way we had a brain dump, to so to speak, a kind of outline to, to start working yeah. off of. And then from there, you know, we just, like I journal a lot when I fly. I fly quite a bit, so when I'm flying, I journal a lot and get thoughts out of my head. And I took a lot of that journal and used that as well as my outline for writing as well. And then basically, we once you have the, the skin and the bones of the, uh, the book, you fill in the meat. Yeah. And I filled in the meat based on what I've experienced in the past, but what I was going through during the time I was writing the book as well. Oh, nice. And, you know, there was days where I set aside time because I wanted to get the thing done and I couldn't think of anything to write. And I just blanked and I was just like frustrated. Right. Um, then there was other days where I could just flow. And so, yeah, it was, it was a emotional that, that way, um, kind of, you know, but, but also sharing your story and knowing that people are going to hear your story and, given to details and you know a lot of people are embarrassed to share their story they're think that no one cares you know they think that um you know it's not that big a deal um but what they do is they also underestimate the power of their story to inspire millions of people when they do this so right. these are the thoughts that were going through my head as i was writing and you know at the end of the day like I i'm happy with the product I don't fit, like see myself as a literary genius or, um, 
you know, I had help with the editing and all that, of course, and they shifted some things around here, there, made it sure, sound sure. a little better here, there. But at the end of the day, I'm happy with it. And it got my name out and gives you credibility, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, you have, you have a great story. You have a, a way to, um, to articulate, you know, the, the lessons from it. I think, I think that's a great, you know, that's the great makings of a, of a book. So no, that's, that's great. Well, well, yeah. one thing too, Greg, real quick, yeah. um, what that book led to though, was some relationships that came about, which allowed me to have a quantum leap. I've gotten into tech now and I've never thought I would be in tech, but I met a guy and we've now have a tech company getting ready to launch. I have three others behind it in the works. And also we just, I connected my tech co-founder, Jared, with Grant Cardone's team and met with Grant Cardone. And now we launched 10X Incubator, which is a tech company, basically a tech incubator for non-tech entrepreneurs that have ideas like napkin ideas or MVPs. And we take them and, and launch them and accelerate them with them and using the rocket fuel of the 10X movement. Oh, very cool. Nice. nice. Yeah, that's great. I mean, yeah, I've, I've definitely, I've found books are definitely a different way of, of interacting and kind of getting, getting notice and, and things like that. So no, that's, that's, that's great results so far. <laughs> so that's, that's wonderful. Well, Mike, uh, thanks so much for joining the show. Um, for those listening, uh, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, I'm on Instagram a lot, LinkedIn, um, if you check those out. And then also, if you go to blueprinted.com, blueprinted, that's B-L-O-O instead of U-E, blue, B-L-O-O, printed.com. And if you put your email in there, you'll keep up to date with what we're doing with this industry disruptor of an app for consultants, trainers, and coaches. Uh, this, is, this is a state-of-the-art solution to monetize your content and not have to do video all the time. Um, it's pretty, pretty awesome product. I'm excited to get it out. It's uh, solved a lot of the problems I dealt with, you know, in my business. And I know that this is going to make a big impact on this planet. Wonderful. Great. Yeah. Sounds, sounds great. Well, again, I'd like to thank Mike Sirocco for joining the show. Uh, thanks for listening to the Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile World podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world.